your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. not be seen tonight right now you're getting to listen to us do something that we we've been uh spreading out through the rest of the year well not through the rest of the year through the month i decided to do a i'm dropping this on mike at the last minute we are doing an advent calendar yes and this the advent calendar is something you've already been listening to if you've been following my twitter which i hope you have been or you can just listen to it all at once as I challenge Mike to remember 25 Christmas specials with me. Are you ready, Michael? I am ready. My- okay. On the first day of Christmas, my true luck gave to me a claymation Christmas celebration. Oh, that one rules. That's the best one. I, it is. We had to I, start with the best one of all. Oh, my God. I remember watching that the night that it premiered. Um, when I was in third grade, it was right after a Garfield Christmas special, which wasn't nearly as good, but, um, claymation one, it had, well, I remember that my teacher had said like, oh yeah, it's not going to be good because California raisins only show up at the last minute. And I was like, oh man, then yeah, but she was on crack because who cares about the California raisins? They were dinosaurs in this thing. Uh, it was, (laughs) and they were the hosts. They were the stars. So we got to see lots of, uh, Herb and Rick. Uh, doing their thing. Uh, the music in this thing totally slaps. I mean, you've got like, what is it? It's you got like the walrus and the penguins doing that like ballet. You got those. My favorite has cam- yeah. My favorite has always been the Carol of the Bells. Yeah, with uh, with uh, uh was it Maestro Quasimodo? Yeah, got a hunch. She'll give us a great performance tonight. <laughs> uh so good, so good. Um, uh, yeah. And the whole joke about trying to figure out what the hell wassailing is. Yes, that is the the, re, the running gag of the whole uh, episode. Um, Ironically, you know, a lot of people play the song, sing the song as "Here We Come a Caroling" these days. Oh, so really? if you'd already yeah. heard that, then it wouldn't. The joke didn't work quite as well because you already knew what wassailing was. Yeah, well, pre- presumably most kids wouldn't, you know, really yes. know it. Um, I mean, I I had no clue. <laughs> Yeah. Um, as it turns out, wassling is you know, here we come a wassling, as is revealed at the episode at the episode's close, is a carol about snacking. So I'm all for that. Yeah. It's like, well, what could be more Christmassy than a thick stack of syrup drenched waffles? <laughs> Aesop Jones. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, that is a, what else? There's, um, yeah, that's a great one. There's the, uh, what other songs they have? Oh, Christmas tree in this. Yeah, they Oh, have... Christmas tree. Joy to the world. There is, this one does a lot of, uh, Christian, more Christian themed ones than others you might expect. And yeah. they're all, and they're all portrayed, you know, very respectfully, but not in a, like, not in a proselytizing way. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like the, the We Three Kings is literally has like the three kings and everything in it. Yes. Um, Harmonizing and, with their camels, but still yeah. the three kings are literally there. The the California Raisins show up the last mi- what, bit to do the uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And yeah. uh, I actually think they're the weakest part of the whole thing because they yeah. do that. Their 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 rendition is like oh it's that weird kind of croony jazz thing where everyone yeah. just like, you know, and, you know drags and, everything out you know Rudolph is one of the worst carols it's not a yeah it's it's pretty uh, sad it's it's a yeah. sad carol um, but you know in general this is a pretty good special I think for, well, yeah. I should say the best I give it ten out of ten yes agreed ten out of ten okay all right let's. And the next one, okay. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me the Glow Friends Save Christmas. I have never heard of this one. This is <laughs> this is a real thing. This is a real thing. Glow Friends, if you don't remember, was a as a cartoon that was I believe it was part of the My Little Pony show, which was about all of these cute little uh, glowing uh, insects that uh, had Smurfesque adventures and were hunting for uh, something hunting for something called moon drops that sustained them and allowed them to glow in the dark. Oh, and, is that? Oh, okay. Yes. Um, I, their I, usual, I hmm. Yeah, their usual villains are the Mulligans, which I guess want them for the same reason. Um, I do remember this as being the second half of Milo Pony on occasion when they weren't, when they didn't bring in the Potato Head kids. Uh, the Mulligans were like weird, big, like, uh, I guess they were supposed to be mole people. I just remember they had like trunks and uh, a bird that hung out with them. And I guess they were the bad guys. But. Yeah. And there's a, ooh, let's, uh, looking at Wikipedia, apparently there's a red ant army and, oh, but what we want, but we're, t- we're talking about the Christmas episode in which an evil winch called Blanche kidnaps Santa Claus and traps him in a cage of ice so that presents cannot be delivered to the residents of Glowland and around the world. The Glow friends go on a quest to, west- quest to rescue Santa. Blanche is voiced by Sally Struthers, and she's told supposedly the Wicked Witch of the North Pole. Oh, dressed, in, yeah. dressed in purple fur, she appears on the Christmas special along with her live weasel, live weasel furry scarf, voiced by Charlie Adler, and has an icicle wand. So uh, I do, I do remember the live scarf. That was one of the best parts. That that sounds really familiar, but I have a feeling it's probably because my wife is like obsessed with weasels, and she's probably collected like uh, yeah. a, a stockpile of uh, still images of that of that <laughs> weasel coat, so that she could yeah. show people be like this. Uh, this weasel actually is very accurately portrayed because uh, the the teeth are all wrong. Uh, they would actually have uh, that, you know. <laughs> And and real weasels are not voiced by Charlie Adler using his obnoxious Buster Bunny voice. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, I just realized that the glow worm, the glow friends, they have no W on glow. Yes. Oh, GLO guess, friends. Well, I, I guess they needed to do that so that. Yes. Um, so they, they could, could. Uh, market it. Yeah. So they could right. trademark it. That's how these things are. That's why, you know, they'll. This is. Since this is a Hasbro show, you can consider that a form of blastification. Hasbro liked to do this thing where they made names more copyrightable by just substituting blast for one of the syllables. Like really? The, hmm. Yes, like the Decepticon Shockwave. They lost the trademark to Shockwave, so they so when they brought him back, they had to call him Shock Blast. Oh, I was going to say, why did they call him Blast Wave? <laughs> blast Wave. I think there was another Blast Wave somewhere. <laughs> huh. So yeah, Glow Friends, uh, 
I remember being really into it when I was a kid because I loved bugs, but uh, it doesn't do anything that uh, Cricket Magazine doesn't do better. So five out of five, five mm. out of ten. Okay, I'll go with that because I have no memories at all of this thing. So, <laughs> but I mean, I, re- I I vaguely remember enjoying the My Little Ponies, and then always getting kind of bored when the Glowworms came, Glow Friends came on. Oh. So I'll give them a five. I'll give them a five because um, I, you, you'd see the ponies beforehand. Yeah. Let's okay. Ooh, 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 okay. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me the stingiest man in town. Uh, okay, I've never heard of this one. I'm gonna assume it's a Rankin Bass thing. It, it yep. sounds Rankin Bassy. It is absolutely a Rankin Bass thing, and you can very much see those uh, Paul Coker Jr. faces on it. It's a uh, it's a non stop motion. It's a uh, cell animated version of the story of a Christmas Carol and things that are interesting about it are that there are, the narrator is a literal humbug whose name is B A H humbug and B A H. Okay. Okay. Yes. To voice by yes. Bah right. humbug. And Oh, I get it. Okay. I get yes, it. Yes. Voiced by Tom Bosley, who you might recognize as the voice of David, the gnome. Oh, and, okay. Yes. And Scrooge is performed by Walter Matthau. Oh, good classic old man voice. Okay. Yep. And what I think is really interesting about it is that I've I've mentioned this before. I talked about it on The Hungry Reader, how by the time by the time of our lives, by the seventies, eighties, nineties, toys were such an in you know a inextricable part of christmas that they would write it write mentions of toys into the Chris, into a christmas carol where had, there had been none and this is an example where the ghost of christmas present appears in this story and he has flocked by singing toys and scrooge even shrinks down to toy size and gets rummaged around in the tree by the other toys yeah so it's like ask your parents for one of these things yeah but it's always you know, those Victorian toys like, oh boy, a wooden train. Oh, yeah. Uh, garbage toys. That's what those yes. are. Yeah, the, the real misfit toys, as Crow said. Yeah, man. Those, remember, can you imagine living in the Victorian times when like toys were just shit? To- toys were terrible back then. It's like, well, oh, you're going to work all year in a, in a coal factory or whatever, a coal chute. I don't know where kids work back then. Um, and then you, your scullery, probably. And then you, you for Christmas, what do you get? Well, you get this block of wood with a face on it. <laughs> I don't know. You get a duck you can pull with a string. Oh, oh jolly good. Jolly good. Oh, oh Victorian oh, you, times. You get oh. this... You get this wind-up tin clockwork uh, model of a Negro band singing. How lovely! <laughs> oh, maybe could I get one of these? Uh, or do you get one of those weird tin banks where like that's shaped like a, a <laughs> like a where uh, you where you uh, like an angry like uh, an offensive Chinese caricature that you like you know put pennies in? Oh boy, I mean kids love yeah. those. Oh, Victorian yeah. times. Yeah. I mean, if that was all I had to spend my money on, I'd be the stingiest man in town, too. You know what? Maybe he's the stingiest. Yeah, maybe that's exactly it. He was the stingiest man because he did not want to support racism. Oh, hey, wait, good for you, Scrooge. Yeah, oh, and, <laughs> oh, oh, no, that means that the ghosts went through all that trouble just to turn him into a racist. Yeah, because uh, can you imagine he was like this Scrooge is like, I, I, uh, I'd love to spend my money, but I just don't want to, I don't want to get canceled. 
I don't want to engage in a racism. <laughs> you there, boy, what day is it? Today? Why, it's racism day, sir. Oh, that I haven't missed it. <laughs> it's just, he, you, Scrooge, you'll be, you will be, tonight you will be visited by three racist caricatures that will show you the, the, yeah. the error of your ways. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Okay, on the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me all of the other reindeer. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. That yeah, was... olive is really good, actually. It le- it holds up. I've seen it recently. It's um, it came out in like the very late nineties, early aughts, I believe. Yeah, so... nineteen ninety nine. It was Man. something that Matt Groening was working on alongside of Futurama when it started. Oh, really? Hmm. I didn't know that. I remember it being a thing. Like it was kind of uh, you know, had a big promotional blitz, and I remember the uh, the style is that kind of like construction paper cutout style. Yes, there's a certain big. artist, J. Otto Siebold, who's mm. uh, who this was his, you know, his real uh, opus as far as, uh, you know, showcasing his style. The only other real place where you'll see it in animation is the official, not the Tiny Toons version, the official version of They Might Be Giants Istanbul. Oh, I've never seen that. I've only seen the Tiny Toon version. Oh, oh, well, I they're both thought, really good. But yeah, I thought the Tiny Toons version was the official version. <laughs> I always wondered. I was like, oh, it's so funny that they got the Tiny Toons to be in their music video because not ironically, there is no video for Particle Man. So uh, the Tiny Toons version is the official version of that one. Oh, I didn't know there was a Tiny Toons version of that one. <laughs> wow. OK, I'm learning a lot tonight. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, all of the other Ranger, I remember uh, enjoying it, but I remember nothing about it. It was kind of post my it was I was already like, you know. Pretty much, pre, uh, pretty much. Like, yeah, cartoons, those are for yeah. kids. You know, so I was like, ah, whatever. It's not, it's not, it doesn't count. That's a new special, Pff, whatever. But, but yeah, no. it sounds so. It was good. Ah, uh, yeah, it's good. What it's about is Olive is a little dog who uh, mistakes the call for you know Santa. You know, Santa's having a lot of trouble this year. He's going to need all of the other reindeer to pull them, pull him out. And he assumes, oh, that means me. Okay. And along the way to her, on her bus ride to the North Pole, she meets all these other people whose names sound like misheard lyrics. Like she meets uh, Round John Virgin and things like that. <laughs> but it turns out the uh, the trouble here is an evil mailman who is sick of delivering Christmas letters. So he's been faking letters to Santa saying, you stink. Don't bring me any toys this year. I hate you. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's uh, that's kind of a clever, uh, um, a, a clever uh, villainous backstory for this. You know, I just can't get it out of my head that, you know, Louis DeJoy saw that and was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. life imitates arts. Now we have to, you know, now not only do we have to write letters of support to Santa, we have to write letters of support to the post office. Ah, uh, God, what a world. Uh, uh, but I would give uh, all of the other reindeer an eight out of ten. It is a a modern classic if modern constitutes 20 years ago. Yeah, um, I, I'd agree with that. I think it's a it's a I think it's a pretty solid one. Yeah. OK. Oh, what else have we got here? OK. Uh, oh, here we go. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Nestor the long-eared Christmas donkey. Oh, 
Um, okay. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Um, I'm going to, uh, wasn't this like a, a a Christian, like, you know, one of those things they made to show you in like Sunday school. I feel like this was, uh, well, it uh, was in fact a real Rankin Bass production and it's based on a song from 1979 by Gene Autry. And the song is just a Christianified version of, uh, of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, basically. And, you know, cause you know, I feel bad for Christian kids because they always grow up with this feeling like they're getting the shitty version of whatever everyone's really into. This is absolutely an example of that. My, well, my favorite example of that was the the comics in the comic strip Short Pact. You have uh, the out of place Christian girl who gets invited to this uh, college party and she's like, hey, we're going to play this game called Settlers of Catan. Apparently it's the secular version of Settlers of Canaan. <laughs> All right, that's the first th- good thing about Settlers of Catan I've ever heard. <laughs> that game sucks. Yeah, I've never played it, and I've heard oh, that it's oh, yeah, it's the worst. It's like you know, you know what? I'm sorry. Like you know, you're in like if 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 you're at a party or something, and they break out Settlers of Catan, then it's like oh no, you've made a terrible mistake because you're clearly <laughs> among nerds. Oh, so bad it's like it's almost as bad as when they were like okay we're gonna play mafia now it's like oh no it's like uh. yes oh good a substitute for fun <laughs> oh what would you rather be doing i read well um uh, we should play carcassonne <laughs> just saying that's, that's a better game uh so- <laughs> Anyway, Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey is about how Nestor is a donkey who always trips over his super long ears. But it turns out that his... And then he gets kicked out because he uh, makes a big mistake or something. And his mother saves him by giving her own life to keep him warm through the night. Yeah. Jeez, okay. Yeah. But it turns out that his super long ears can let him hear angel voices. So he ends up being the donkey that... uh, that uh, Mary rides on to the manger. Oh, so, all right. Well, good for him. His mom's still dead. So yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't, okay. I don't feel like that was a uh, a fair trade. Did my... Jesus use his powers, which by the way he has, to revive Nestor's mother? Sadly, no. What a well, piece of. I don't know. Well, I mean, okay, I, I'll give it that. Like, if you've read the Infancy Gospels, Jesus was kind of a shit when he was a kid. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he pulled a lot of like Damien type stuff. Because is that when he killed the fig tree? Yeah, yeah. Ah. I mean, he was killing everyone back then. But I mean, you know, it's like okay, he's like a literal child with like phenomenal god, literal god powers. It's like yeah, he's he's having some trouble fitting in. Okay. <laughs> But uh, still, I feel like he could have maybe, I mean, since this is a fictionalized version of him, like, yeah, bring the donkey back to life. Jesus Christ. You. (laughs) Well, I I mean, it's not like, it's not like Nestor carried her corpse the whole way. So Uh, so maybe Jesus didn't know. Like, Nestor just didn't bring it up because it seemed kind of gauche. She was like, "Ah, I better not mention my dead mom. (laughs) It seems kind of. Seems like a bad look. Um, I mean, okay. He, and he's just born. I mean, he's got, a, he's been through a hard day. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Oh man. All right. So uh, I, love I, those, I love those stories where, you know, it's about miracles that little miracles that happened uh, on the, uh, you know, at the advent, like, I don't know, a, a tabby cat came in and purred baby Jesus to sleep. So, so, uh, mother, so mother Mary left an M on all tabby cats foreheads from then on. Is that a real thing? <laughs> yeah, that was a thing I read. 
Yeah, okay, why not? Um, yeah, there are a lot of variations of, like, what were the animals doing in the manger, you know? But um, I feel like a lot of them are like, well, look, yeah, you guys are just trying to get in on this afterwards. You're like, oh, yeah, I totally was there. I, I, yeah, it's right. <laughs> I like the things where they say that all the animals can talk, but only on uh, midnight on Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard a few of those. Um, I remember the one where it was like, uh, it was, it was like the, that happened to the animals. Like we should all only talk about how great Jesus is because, because <laughs> that, and like the donkey was like, let me talk about how great I am instead. And then, uh, God was like, nope, nope, none of that. You're all fucked now. None of you get to talk at all. And so that's why they can only do that one minute of talking on christmas eve because like one stoop. minute yeah well only midnight you know so well what are they gonna say what are they gonna do say that's so uh, important they can't say it in know. a minute if my cat could talk she she did she a minute would be all she needed to communicate everything that she wanted to say because literally it would just be like i'm hungry give me food nice touch <laughs> let's cut there <laughs> okay what else have we got? Uh, okay. Uh, uh, oh, 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 okay. On the, was this the sixth? Yeah. I think, um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, sixth. On uh, the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me the Christmas toy. Oh, the, the Muppets one, right? Yes, this is a Muppet right. one. The one with uh, Rugby Tiger and Apple and everyone. All right, I'm going to say right off the bat, 10 out of 10. This one rules. 10 out of 10? Yeah, this, this one's, one's really this good. One is, this one is great. Um, it's, it's, um, basically Toy Story, but, but before Toy Story and good, like way better. <laughs> it's, um, it's got, uh, uh, yeah, it's basically about like, what is it? It's Christmas and rugby, the tiger here. They're all toys, right? They're all like little yes. toys. And he's like, he stupidly assumes that like, oh, it's going to be cause he had been a gift the previous Christmas. So he thinks that he gets to go and be a gift again. So <laughs> Which honestly is like, if you think about it, it's like, okay, that is a, a valid thing to believe if you've never, if this is, you know, literally your second Christmas, like you, you might actually think that, oh yeah, of course I'm going to be a, a gift again. So he's got to go, he's going to try and get in the box so he can be re-gifted to the same child and Apple and other toys are trying to rescue him before he goofs because he is, um, well, because the, oh, they have rules where if you're ever caught out of place, you'll be frozen forever and not be able to talk to other toys again. Yeah, and it's pretty. Uh, that is pretty disturbing because I that remember is. that's like, like when, a horrible way of guilting your kids to keep their toys, you know, picked up and in their place or else they'll be frozen forever. Yeah, because I remember when like uh, stupid the clown gets frozen yeah. and it's like, damn. Dips. <laughs> yeah it's like pretty uh it's pretty intense um it is but, but most importantly there's mew oh the cat the cat toy yeah that that is something that even toy story has never touched on one of the main toys in this story is a cat toy that all the other cat the all the other toys look down on one because he's for cats and not kids and two because he smells like catnip and makes them sneeze but poor Mew. Yeah. But yeah, but Mew proves to be the, you know, you know, the most faithful friend when he uh keeps keeps the parents from uh coming downstairs to investigate a bump when he pulls off an incredibly uncanny cat imitation and makes them think, ah, it was just the cat. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and also, there is a happy ending where all the frozen toys come back. Spoiler there, but I feel yes. like it's it was very important to me that that happened. I needed yes. to see that happen in this, and it did, so I was happy. And I was like, oh, good. I'm glad that they're not frozen forever. Because then I would feel – that sort of thing really, like, fucked with my head as a kid. Like, like seriously, it made me so upset. I needed to see proof that they were back again at the end. Um, yeah, not, not dead. Frozen forever. That is an interesting way of putting it. They – does this imply that the toys can still sense things, but they just can't react again? Yeah, it's 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 never really uh, established, is it? It's kind no. of a mystery. Well, I guess since they came back to life, they could always ask. All right, so uh, did, did you oh, I... experience everything while you were? Well, it did happen to Mew. Actually, Mew was cut out of place, and they found a way to. They did find a way to get him back. I though I'm not really sure what it is. It's like a magic song you sing or something. Christmas and, magic. It was Christmas yeah, magic. Christ yeah. Yes. Um, and Mew, they asked Mew what it was like. It was like, it was so dark and cold and I couldn't see a thing. And then suddenly it got light and warm and I could see again. Oh, okay. So now <laughs> we kind of know what it was like. So yes. you kind of have a vague sensation of what it's like. I mean, so it is a... like being frozen. Yeah. Ooh, geez. Uh, this, this, this special also has a Meteora, uh, yes. Queen of the Cosmos, I think. Yeah, she <laughs> fucking rules. She's awesome. Um, but she basically is like Evil Lynn from He-Man. Yeah. yeah, she's and... like Evil Lynn crossed with, uh, you know, crossed with Buzz Lightyear. So, you know, it's always a science fiction toy that intrudes on the toy's world. Yeah, because that's so modern, you know. Not like oh, these wholesome old-timey toys. You know, speaking of Toy Story similarities, there's also a bitter old teddy bear who walks with a cane and complains about never getting played with. So. Oh, you're right. Wow. They really ripped this off, didn't they? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I think by this, I think at this point, uh, it was uh, that one was Toy Story 3 made 2010. I think the Muppets were Disney property by then. So, well, OK. Yeah. All right. I guess then it's OK. Yeah. I, I mean, you can rip yourself off all you want, I suppose. Yeah. You know. All right. So. OK. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh Okay. On the seventh day of Christmas, the trill, my trill gave to me the Berenstain Bears Christmas tree. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think I've seen this one. So is it, I assume that it's um, uh, it's about the tree. Yes, so. it's about the tree, and it's about how the Berenstains. Yeah, Papa is really excited to go cut down a tree, you know, as opposed to buying one at the store, which seems to be a regular thing with them. With Pop, like that was the focus of the very first Berenstain Bears book was Papa was going to go get some wild honey, and Mom, Mama was saying, "Why don't you just go go to the store and get some?" And he's like, "No, I'm going to do it the wild way." So. Okay, so is this another one where Papa becomes like obsessed with something and takes it too far? Yeah, Papa is. You know, he's not quite Homer Simpson, but he's pretty close. He's he's a very well, he is a dad. He's a very yes. dad character. Um, every Berenstain Bears thing that I recall is is literally Papa just becoming crazy obsessed with something like either forcing Brother Bear to uh, play baseball or becoming obsessed with carving the scariest jack-o'-lantern in the world. <laughs> And oh, on of course, my personal favorite, obsessed with growing the biggest pumpkin in town, which weasels then commandeer and turn into a machine of war. As happens, I mean, <laughs> wasn't was weasels? 
Why do you think I hate pumpkins so much? Were the weasels under the command of, uh, what's his name? Like, uh, you know, Snidely Whiplash Bear. Oh, you know, Raffish you know. Ralph. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the no. slick bear from the big city. Yeah, they gave him the seed and he sold it to Papa. And I have no idea where they got the seed that grows pumpkins the size of a house, but... They, uh, I like that they were like, look, we need someone who's going to obsessively like tend this pump. Oh yeah. Papa bear. Yeah. He's, he's a man <laughs> for it. So how, okay. So Papa bear cuts down a uh, Christmas tree and are the yes. weasels try and turn it into a machine of war. <laughs> what happens? Sadly, no, but, uh, he keeps cho choosing trees that happen to be the homes of various animals. So it's kind of like, you know, if there was a Lorax under every, uh, truffula. Oh, man. Okay, so presumably he's like, well, I can't cut this one down. I'm going to look for another. Oh, that one as well. So Yeah, um, and then they decide to go down to the tree lot, and they're all sold out. But, you know, you know, big surprise, where did they live? In a forest. In a tree! Yes! The animals whose t houses they spared have come to decorate their house as their Christmas tree. So, well, that's nice. It is nice, actually. It's a nice, tw nice twist. Yeah. So. Huh. Um, I, it is always funny how the bear country works because bears are basically like humans, but the animals are animals, but they're also kind of like humans. Yeah. So, okay. The animals can kind of talk. They're kind of regarded as your neighbors, but they're not really on the same level. I, I've seen cartoons where they talk to, you know, they talk to their bat neighbors and things like that. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I guess it's it's like they're 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 second class citizens, you know. You know, there are I mean, bear country, there is a lot to unpack there. And if you if you don't already, I, I really recommend you listen to the podcast Deep in Bear Country, which gets into these kind of things, which is all about they they do deep dives into Berenstain Bears books just like we do into specials. So if there was ever a Berenstain Bears comic strip Hey, if you're listening to this uh, Baron State Bears podcast, uh, hook us up. Maybe we can do a crossover. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what would you rate this one? Um, I would rate it uh, you know, five claws on a bear, claw bear paw. All right. So it's, wait, Sorry, I can't remember. What's, sucked. The, what's our scoring <laughs> system? Five or ten? <laughs> We're, out of ten? Uh, five. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's supposed to be. A, uh, I would give it. I give it a five because I don't remember that much about it. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Okay, let's see. Is there any? Okay, on the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me deck the halls with wacky walls. What? Yes, this what? is the wacky wall walker Christmas special. Uh, are those those things that look like octopuses? Yes. They had a Christmas special. They had a Christmas special. Uh, Written by oh. Mark Evanier. <laughs> okay. Um, so, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to try and guess what what happens in this. What happens in this thing? <laughs> what is the plot What's... of the Wacky Wallwalker Christmas special? Okay. In the special, the Wacky Wallwalkers are extraterrestrial octopoids from the planet Kling Kling, sent to Earth to discover the true meaning of Christmas. The team of aliens, Wacky, Big Blue, Springette, Stickum, Crazy Legs, and Bouncing Baby Boo, disguise themselves as Santa Claus, but they're discovered by a spoiled human boy, Daryl, who needs a lesson in the Yuletide spirit. Daryl threatens to inform the Air Force about the aliens unless they help him earn money to buy an expensive toy car. At an orphanage, 
Crazy Legs discovers the kindness of strangers, and Daryl and the Wallwalkers listen to the story of the three wise men. Learning his lesson, Daryl donates his presence to the orphanage. The special was not well received and was in the bottom five of the Nielsen ratings that week. Um, okay. Uh, why? That sounds awesome. That sounds great. <laughs> it literally sounds like it hits the, it hits like the bingo card for everything you need in a Christmas special. Plus it's got space aliens in it. So yes. I don't see what the problem is. Um, it has, it, yeah, it has aliens and I don't remember much about them except for the one voiced by Peter Collin, Big Blue, who is basically Eeyore. Oh, of course. Well, yes. I like that one of them is named Wacky. Yes. Wacky says to says to his captain, you can count on us. We don't know the meaning of the word fear. And Big Blue looks right at the camera and says, fear, noun, the experience of terror. And uh, so sounds, that's the kind uh, of thing. Yeah, that's the uh, kind of thing that we're dealing with here. Oh, all right. I mean, maybe I can see why it was so, so wasn't so well received. Yeah, but the uh, concept but, sounds really good. What's the animation style look like? I'm, I'm, because uh, uh, I'm picturing, company. I'm picturing kind of a Gerald McBoing Boing look for this, for some reason. I would, I would liken it more to uh, Carlton, your doorman. Okay, so oh, okay, so I'm not too far off. It's it's kind of got a '70s look to it. Yes, it's it's from 1983, but it's got you know real '70s energy. Okay, huh. Interesting. Um, trying to look up Wacky Wallwalker's Christmas special. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see it. It is definitely got that uh, Carlton the Dorm. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, seeing what they actually look like in this, I'm now a little disappointed because <laughs> I was hoping you hoped that... they would look like the actual toys, right? And... Yeah, I thought they'd look more like you know, just kind of like big old octopuses. You know, maybe a little a little more eldritch, perhaps. They look just like squidly diddly. Yeah, I was going to say, they all just look like variants on Squidward. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. I mean, they I guess they cuted him up because it was, you know, the 80s were starting and they were like, well, that's what we do now. Yeah, um, but the but the, the toys were cute already. That's why we wanted them. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean I, because, you know, they stuck to walls. I was kind of hoping, like, when not only that they would just look like octopuses, but I was imagining that they would look like you know, kind of the Asian octopus look where they have the big siphon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know? that's what they should look like. But it looks like they interpreted those as big noses. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that as nearly as much. Yeah, um, yeah that's a weird thing because like, I've noticed like if, if uh, you know, your, your Japanese octopus cartoon is going to have the siphon, your Western uh, octopus cartoon has a beak, um, which in the wrong place, but yes. whatever. I mean, and then you get like the ones that don't even bother and just be given like human faces. Yeah. Relatively human like. heads, but with tentacles. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Well, well, since I haven't seen it, what would you rate this one? Oh, uh, I would give this one a, uh, I would give it a four out of eight. Ooh, pretty dire. Okay. Yeah. Something, you know, cause the thing about those wacky wallwalkers, very chewable and eventually you'll start swallowing those tentacles. So, Oh, is this, is this something, you know, from personal experience? Uh, well, mine was actually a skeleton, but yeah. <laughs> you were like, whoa, it looks delicious. <laughs> well, mine <is> <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, uh, yeah. All right. Let's do another one. Okay. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Babes in Toyland, 1986. Um, oh, gosh, I've 
think I've seen A Babes in Toyland, but I do not believe it was 1986. This I is think... the one with Drew Barrymore and Keanu Reeves. Oh, what? Okay. Yes. Um, and they would have been pretty young at the time. Yes. She, yeah. Drew Barrymore was only 11. Uh, Keanu was, I guess he was older because he looks, he's more of a teenager and he's trying to get married in this story. And two things that struck me as memorable about this one is that Barnaby, the bad guy, the crooked man, as you know him, he lives in a bowling ball, a giant bowling ball that he frequently just sends rolling through town to knock things down just to be an asshole. What a jerk face. <laughs> yes, it's, it is, in fact, based on the operetta of the same title, which perhaps perhaps I've told the story, perhaps I haven't. The thing about Babes in Toyland is that it was created to compete with the musical that was running in the, on the stage across the street, The Wizard of Oz. So, Oh, really? Yes, it was, you know, somebody recognized the uh, value of the childlike whimsy of The Wizard of Oz even though there was really not that much in the stage musical, it was more kind of, you know, just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of uh, stupid crap because it was an extravaganza. But, <laughs> but yeah, Babes and Toy, I think Babes and Toyland was like, you know, if you were disappointed by The Wizard of Oz, come see ours. It's more like the book than the, not that huh. though, no, it isn't really. But yeah, Babes and Toyland the general plot of the stories is that it's like a, it's kind of like Into the Woods, but for uh, nursery rhyme characters. Oh, you okay. Have, yeah, you have, uh, you know, yeah, Old Mother Hubbard and Jack B. Nimble and Mary Contrary and Georgie Porgy all as, uh, all as regulars. And the ending thing always involves bringing giant toy soldiers to life to march on the bad guys. So I remember that. That that yes. seems really familiar. That's that's the part that you will see in just about every version of Babes in Toyland, except for the Disney version where they took it where they flipped it on its head. And instead of the toys being giant, they shrank everyone else down to fight among the toy soldiers. So, oh, maybe that's the version I've seen, because I remember they a guy falls into a jack in the box box. Yeah, that's definitely that definitely happens. And does that. You might remember that that one also has, you know, giant marching trees that sing about the forest of no return. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I would say that's better than this one. But this one has one very interesting aspect, which is that Santa Claus, first of all, Santa Claus features in it, but he has an alter ego. At first, we just call him the toy maker. And then at the end, it turns out he was Santa Claus all along because he said he was making toys for Santa. And then it was like, well, who else should make Santa's toys but Santa himself? Yeah, but the toy maker. Yeah. But the toy maker in this story is played by Pat Morita. Oh, so, so it's like the first Asian Santa I've ever seen anywhere. Yeah. Well, that's good. Representation. Yeah. So that's my that's my favorite part of it. I And I suppose uh, like. Uh, Jack is played by Keanu Reeves, who is, I think, part part Hawaiian. I might be wrong. Uh, yeah, he I is. think that, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. He's hmm. part English and part Hawaiian. And huh. so, yeah, it was it's a uh, is a very diverse version of Babes in Toyland, which, you know, would be a lot better, except that most versions of Babes in Toyland, you know, kind of suck anyway. So no one was looking for a more diverse version in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it couldn't get worse. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, it could be very, could be a lot worse. Well, there are so many more babes in Toylandses to look at. <laughs> oh, all right. So, okay. what would what would you uh, rate babes and babes, babes in Toyland? Um, I would give it th- three out of five filled stockings. Okay. <laughs> No, we are completely abandoning uh, rating these on any kind of uh, objective level. Uh, okay, let's see. Christmas. Oh, my God. Okay. On on the 10th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Christmas in Tattertown. Um, oh, shit. This is a Ralph Bakshi thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, boy. This is, uh, this is a mess. If I it's a huge correct. mess. Yeah. It's... it's Oh, it's like one of those ones where it's just there's always shit flying around the screen, and oh man, what what even happens in this one? It's like toys, right? Like old timey yeah. toys, I think. Oh yeah, old timey toys are sucked into the realm of Tattertown, where discarded items come to life. While the stuffed dog maintains his loyalty to his owner Debbie, Miss Muffet, who has long felt oppressed by the wear or tear of being a child's plaything, quickly runs off and transforms herself into Muffet the Merciless, set on conquering Tatt- Tattertown by recruiting Sydney the Spider, an arachnid who attempted to conquer Tattertown, and other goons into her army. I mean, it's the sort of thing that like sounds like it could actually be good if it wasn't um, Ralph Bakshi. Yeah, you know, you know, there are Ralph Bakshi has a lot of good things to his to his name that you really can't blame Ralph Bakshi for because he did his best to make them suck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ralph Bakshi is a he is a fascinating figure because yes. he has never once in his career produced anything good like. I, I always find him interesting because um, there's something about his work that's kind of compelling. Um, you know, it, I, I find it fascinating what he tries to do. This, this sort of this, 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 he, this thing where he just like, he, he dares you to hate everything he does. You know, he's like, it's like an, it's like a wet cat, a wet, angry cat, or it's just <laughs> always, it, it, you know, it's always keeps you at arm's distance. You know, he just like, just hates you with all it's, you know, but um I don't know. There's, it's, and I can't like, it's not one of those things where you're like, Oh, he tries really hard. Cause I don't know that he does, but like, I don't know. Well, I mean, he has chutzpah. Let's, let's put it this way. Do you know the story of how he sold mighty mouse? Oh yes. I have heard that. Yeah. But, where uh, he, he basically threatened to put their head through a wall if they didn't buy uh, something from him. And they were like, well, I mean, you don't have anything with any real, uh, any real Marquet value. Don't you, do, do you have anything that's a known property? And he's like, yeah, Mighty Mouse. Like, okay. Okay. We'll bite your Mighty Mouse. What? Just, just get out of here. And he, you know, whispers to John Chris Felucci on the way out, find out who the hell owns Mighty Mouse and buy it. He but, just named a random cartoon that he didn't actually own the rights to. And then, but and, I, go on. I was going to say, I believe that by total coincidence, the company he tried to sell it to actually already owned it. No, it was somebody else who owned it, and they had no idea what to do with it. They sold it to him for a song. Oh, nice! That's even even better. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I've seen the new Adventures of Mighty Mouse. It's all right, I guess. I yeah, mean, I, I like it. I there, I can understand how uh, people wouldn't be quite into it, but I remember watching it with my dad as a kid, and just you know, laughing ourselves sick at how transgressive it was for Saturday morning of how you have characters like Bat Bat and his man mobile. It's this car that looks like a naked person with a butt. 
That's a uh, that's a uh, Ralph Bakshi. Um, that's Bak- that's the Bakshi Chris Felucci connection. Hey, so speaking of, uh, have you heard of this the lost Ralph Bakshi cartoon? Uh, I, I think most of them are lost at this point. Which one are you thinking of? Uh, it's something called the cigarette and the weed. And yes. yeah, um, here's the thing about it, right? So very recently, um, Moody and myself were watching Halloween three season of the witch, that mm. classic John Carpenter joint. And there's a scene in it where the main character is in a bar and he's watching, you know, there's a television set and there's this weird ass cartoon playing. And you you know, you get like about three seconds worth of it. it you'll just see this like kind of like, it looks like a palm tree kind of like waving around. And the guy's like, ah, p- turn it off. And they change the channel and, you know, and the movie continues. But when the credits of the movie played, the, it said special thanks to Ralph Bakshi for animation. And we were like, what the hell? Uh, what was that thing? That two seconds of animation. So we looked into it and it turns out it is a clip from... Uh, something that was made by Ralph Bakshi. It's on IMDb. It's it's the only credit is Ralph Bakshi. It says Ralph Bakshi produced, written, directed, voiced everything by Ralph Bakshi. It has never been released. Nobody has ever seen it. The only it's apparently was taken to a couple of animation festivals, but never. Uh, that's it. Uh, seems to be maybe this was his student project, but nobody knows. The only person who has ever seen it is John Crickfalusi, because <laughs> apparently when Ralph Bakshi first met John Crickfalusi, he showed him this cartoon, and John Crickfalusi says, uh, that fucking sucks. And John <laughs> and Ralph Bakshi was like, hire this man immediately! <laughs> <laughs> Because I guess he was like, this man obviously has taste if he knows that what I produce is garbage. (laughs) I see why they've been joined at the hip ever since. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's a couple couple of weirdo perverts. Just, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what was the point? Tattertown. Christmas in Tattertown. I haven't seen it. Neither of you. I can't rate it. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, well, I'm giving it a zero because it's Ralph Bakshi. So I could confidently say it's bad. I have seen Coonskin. I have seen Wizards and I have seen Fire and Ice. They're all terrible in their own ways, especially. Oh, and and Hey, Good Looking, which managed to be terrible in every way. (laughs) I have never seen anything so incompetent in my life. It's bad character design, bad animation, bad sound uh, uh, quality. Uh, just uh, the plot makes no sense. Every character is unlikable. It is an amazing whirlwind of. It's like if a. Uh, it's like if a hurricane, you know, like a like a tornado. No, you know what it's like. It's like if there was a water spout, but instead of being over the ocean, it was over like one of those hog lagoons. <laughs> and then it just like, and then it just went right old, you know, and then it like tore through your town. <laughs> That's what it's like. Anyway, uh, let's move on. <laughs> that was... I got one good thing to say about Ralph Bakshi. His production of the Butter Battle book was, uh, was Dr. Seuss's, uh, favorite, favorite adaption of his work. Oh, that was Ralph Bakshi? Yeah. Apparently it was one of the most Ooh. faithful adaptions ever, but right. apparently it, uh, it was its ending was undone because the Berlin Wall opened up four days before it aired. Oh, well. Well, I guess it's, uh, I guess we can't learn any lessons from that cartoon. 
Oh, oh screw you, reality. <laughs> oh, what else we got? Okay. Um, oh, okay. Uh, on the, was this the 11th? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Snowden's Christmas. Wait, you mean Edward Snowden? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. no I mean the the, 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 the snowman. snowman from from Target. Yes. Wow. Okay. I I remember this one because you sent me the tape with him. Yes, I did. <laughs> So um, this was uh, Target's attempt to create a beloved character like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, wasn't it? Yes, they they have always been jealous of how uh, Montgomery Ward owns Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And they're like, no, we got to have our own. We got to create, oh, oh, what do we got? Uh, the Gingham Dog and the Calico Cat. Uh, no, that would never. Okay, Snowden. Yes, that is a real thing. Wow, Let me... Okay. Not really a Christmas special. I mean, not really a Christmas story. The gingham dog and the calico cat. Well, they they made it one. They uh, ter- they made a. I don't I don't know if it was actually a special. I know they were selling toys of the gingham dog and the calico cat, but. Uh, um, I I remember the poem, which always disturbed me as a kid yes. because it does yeah, that because thing. they they ate each other. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> like that. That's weird. <laughs> it's super weird. As a Mutual child, vor, wow. That just left me with a really kind of gross feeling when I was a kid. And not like not one of those gross feelings that like you feel weird because you're like kind of turned on but like subconsciously because you haven't hit puberty so you don't know what an actual erection is. Not like that kind of weird feeling. It was just like I just made me feel kind of like queasy like oh, I don't know. That's I don't like that. I always got that same feeling when they had like the the snake eating its own tail and it disappears because oh, yeah. it's like it's not going to disappear. Where does it go? It doesn't work that way. It's so. No, it uh. So you have a real problem with the auto ingestion. I don't like it. I just <laughs> I just don't like it. You know. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because it's the opposite of of what gets me horny. It's not like I looked at it and I was subconsciously horny. I was subconsciously unhorny because yeah. it's like, oh, something eats something. There should be like, oh, a stomach bulge. Now, now, jokes on you. Not only is there no stomach bulge, there's no stomach. There's no nothing. It's all gone. Um, anyway, Snowden's uh, Christmas. Snowden is a snowman. He does. What does he do in this? He does um, ice skating, doesn't he? Yeah, the, there's. Multiple Snowden's Christmas specials, actually. But yeah, I think the one you're thinking of is the one where they have the like famous Russian skater playing the role of the little girl or something. She and, loves to skate. Yeah, yeah, she loves to skate. And then she comes back and everything has changed. And But Snowden has come back, too. And probably, I don't remember anything about this one. <laughs> uh, they have this thing where they, they do a like a she does a kind of Roger Rabbit type thing where she's like skating with the animated Snowden. Um, and I remember she kind of like twirls him around by his scarf and throws him into a snowbank, but he's just animated. So he's okay with it. He has no weight. He just kind of comes out. Um, he turns into like a guy in a costume at one point. Uh, yeah. Snowden does. Oh, or was this the one where Snowden and the other toys are on some sort of, uh, trip to like, I think that's the one that we were looking for. Yeah. The one where Snowden. Yeah. It's weird. Cause Snowden is always weirdly sidelined in his own stories. Yeah, he's, he's more like a mascot for these stories that aren't really about him. I think the problem was that like Target was jumping the gun. They were like, like how Mickey Mouse became so famous that he couldn't do anything anymore because anything he did would, by definition, make him less innocent 
and therefore uh, tarnish the Disney image. So he has to be like this sideline character and let Donald Duck or Goofy get all the big scenes. Yeah. I think like, yeah, Target was like, look, we can't let it tar- We cannot tarnish Snowden's reputation at all by having him be proactive. So like, he needs to Snowden be this. Snowden doesn't Snowden doesn't have a reputation. You got to yeah. give him one first. <laughs> exactly. I think that they were really like, sh- they were really sure that Snowden was going to be a thing. They were really like, which is funny. Cause like, you know what? They should just make that target dog into a Christmas special. Cause like, come on, you know, yeah. people see that dog all the time. They see him at Christmas special. Be like, I know that dog. The problem was they were trying to like create Snowden from nothing. They should have just taken a pre-existing mascot and like made him into a thing. Like, you know the crash test dummies or something <laughs> yeah i mean you're you're you can't make snowden from nothing you have to start with some snow yeah yeah that's the that was their problem but anyway <laughs> i give snowden a big fat two okay that seems reasonable yeah you know, I, I remember being struck right. by how sarcastic everyone was and how they how the toys were always sniping each other yeah they're all kind of dicks to snowden but i mean yeah. you know Maybe maybe he should uh, grow a backbone and uh, stop taking so much guff from these toys. <laughs> you know, maybe he should uh, expose them for the frauds that they are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I can't wait for the for the follow up. Uh, Chelsea Manning's uh, very special <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, where Chelsea Manning is a penguin for some reason. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you sound excited about that idea. Yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> okay. Uh, are we on 12? Or is this yes. 13? Okay. On the 12th day of Christmas, my trilogy to me, Christmas comes to Packland. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Big, big, good. Good one. I like this one. <laughs> excited. <laughs> I love this one. This was my favorite Christmas special when I was a kid. And the funny part is I didn't realize there was an actual Pac-Man cartoon series. I thought this was a standalone thing, just like Witch's Night Out. Um, and, uh, and, and I loved it because I was, you know, I love video games in, in 1986. So that's Pac-Man yeah. <laughs> pretty much, you know. Um, this one was Santa Claus is, uh, is, uh, um, crashes his sleigh in Pac-Land and so Pac-Man has to go and find his bag of toys which he lost somewhere but unfortunately the ghost monsters have found it first and are like playing with all the toys so Pac-Man he gets chomped but yes. he, he still manages to get home uh, with the toys and the, the main thing I remember is getting chomped is pretty much just it makes you feel like kind of lethargic but like otherwise you're okay yeah, you're you're sort of, you know, melty. You can't quite keep your shape, but other than that, you're okay. And I'm not sure what the cure for being chomped is. Well, in this one, they I think some power pellets. You have to eat power pellets. Yeah, you have to eat the power pellets. And they also give you the ability to chomp others. So yes. So there's, you know, um, you know I think that's, that... that's the problem with every Vore story I've ever seen is that there's only one predator. No, you need to be able to like, I'm going to bite you. Yeah, well, what if I eat you right back? Yeah. Oh, you're right. It's, they're like switches. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe there's a, at the end, they take all the reindeer to the power pellet orchard where they grow power pellets on trees and, yeah. uh, they eat them and that allows them to fly better. Cause, um, they were having trouble with that. Um, also Pac-Man has no one in Pac-Land celebrates Christmas. They've never heard of it. 
Oh, that's right. So this is this is uh, not only does Pac-Man save Christmas in this one, he also learns the true meaning of Christmas. Which so two two standard Christmas plots are happening simultaneously in this. Um, we also learn that that Pac-Man has a pack dog named Chomp Chomp and a pack cat called Sourpuss, and there's uh, all sorts of packed people who live in Pac-Land, including yes. Officer Patio Pack, who is the cop. Um, and some other guy who shows you know, snow, this whole, I think. The whole pack land thing, the whole thing of like, you know, pack people in pack land who drive pack cars and everything. It just, there's something sort of being John Malkovich about it to me, where it's like, yeah. is, is the real Pac-Man just having this dream where everyone is himself? Kind of. It makes you wonder why he gets to be the Pac-Man. Yes. You know? It's, it's, it's like if we, in our world, we had one guy who was like, oh, that's, that's Mr. Man. <laughs> that's mis- that's Mr. Human Being, and we're all just named after him. <laughs> um, well, I, I yeah. wanted to do a cartoon about Hugh the Human, Manny the Man, and Percy the Person. But... <laughs> you know what? Do you, don't you think, though? I just realized something. This Pac-Man cartoon. Don't you think it would be better if perhaps they were uh, like Happy Days? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's almost it's almost the honeymooners to start with. It's just actually it's basically the Flintstones. Yeah, it pretty much is. Um, yeah. Packy you know, wacky do. Mrs. Pac-Man, Pepper Pack, I guess would be Pepper, her name. Yes. Yeah, she's kind of hot. Yeah. For for I mean, I would put her in the top in my top three spherical girls. Yeah. Along with uh, along with the green M&M and uh, <laughs> Princess Lala from the Adventures of Lolo. But but there's a lot of video game characters in my top ten list of spherical girls. <laughs> well, I mean, where else are you gonna find spherical girls? Well, I mean, you know, not anywhere close enough for me to actually date one. But yeah, uh, I think like uh, you know, Pepper and uh, the Green M and M, they have the same fashion sense, which is pretty much just those uh, boots and gloves. Yeah. So. Well, maybe that's why we find them so hot is because they just dress to impress. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a good look. They've got that kind of like very mod, you know, 60s mod look. Anyway, uh, um, right. I give uh, I would give Pack Christmas and Packland. Um, uh, I'd give it a solid eight, mostly for yeah. nostalgia. But, you know, I enjoyed it. So I would give it a 200, 400, 800, 1600, 7650. And some cherries and uh, 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 a pretzel and a, a key and a Galaga. Yeah, unless you're playing it on the Atari, in which case you just get a vitamin. A vitamin. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what else have we got here? Oh, uh, we're on 13, right? Yes. Uh, okay, here we go with... Uh, oh, 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 oh. The great... great Wait, this isn't a Christmas special. This is a Thanksgiving special. Ah. Uh, okay. What? Such a thing exists? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. On the 13th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Robbie the Reindeer in Hooves of Fire. What? What? This, this, is... <laughs> this isn't real. This is a British stop motion special where, where which, orig- which was made by a team of former Ardman employees and 
there is a British version with British celebrities, and then they dubbed it over with American celebrities. So Robbie the Reindeer is voiced by Ben Stiller, and the girlfriend reindeer is Britney Spears. Huh, okay. Well, why not? Um, yes. I, and uh... this is about how you arrive at the North Pole thinking that all you have to do is party, but apparently there's a whole lot of working out to do in between uh, Christmases. Um, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, you know, they, they, they are flying all around the world one night, so I guess it makes sense they would have to kind of keep in shape uh, yes. for, during, you know, work out. Uh, so is it just reindeers working out is the thing? Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a sort of, uh, reindeer, uh, Olympics challenge where, you know, the, uh, you know, the reindeer games that you've heard about and oh, okay. there, so Robbie is trying to, uh, trying to prove his worth in the reindeer games. And he ends up, I think collapsing a mountain and saving Oh boy, it has been a long time since I saw this one, but uh, apparently Robbie's special skill is his nose doesn't light up, but he can bounce on it. And huh. Oh, and he doesn't win, but Blitzen wins, but Blitzen's drug tests come back positive and he gets disqualified. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it sounds extremely British. You know, their it's dry very, sense of it's humor. very British. Yes. <laughs> but, um, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I saw it and I don't remember that much about it apart from that. It's, I, I really don't like how the reindeer, the Britney Spears reindeer girl just has like two balls of clay perched on her chest to represent breasts. Oh, because, you know, because uh, she's Britney Spears, so she's hot. I, I guess. I mean, she wasn't Britney Spears in the original version. I think she was, oh, she was either, uh, she was either French or Saunders, I'm sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> huh. All right. Um, I always think it's weird when, like, a lot of times when they're, like, they they put, they do that in cart in these, uh, these cartoons. They're like, we got to get, like, there's a celebrity. It's We got to get a hot celebrity to be this character yeah and i think that kind of i think that kind of died around the, the turn of the century yeah. you know we don't really have as many celebrity driven things as we did now it's now it's more ip driven it's like no we can't no who cares about your star it's the intellectual property that will make them a star when um so when was this one made again this one is from 1998 Okay. Wow. I guess Brittany, it, it's funny because I was, I'm of the age where if, if I had, to, if you told me like, oh yeah, we're going to have like some like hot teeny bopper that is big with the kids and represents, you know, modern pop music. I'd be like, oh yeah, Britney Spears, right? Yeah. Britney Spears. Of course, Britney Spears. Um, even though she is now like what, 45 years old, and yeah. like, you know, a retired mom. Um, but I still think of her as like, oh, yeah, of course. She's like, you know, she's going to be out. She's that, you know, that child in the Catholic schoolgirl outfit, right? She, <laughs> she didn't age. She's still she's still young. Yeah. Um, Chucky is still jokingly killing her in trailers. Yeah. Oh, did they? Was she in a trailer for? Uh... Yeah. He yeah. He murdered this fake version of Britney Spears and said, oops, I did it again. Oh, camera, it's so. funny. That's yeah. That's funny, kid. <laughs> It's funny because that's the um, uh, it's it's the what she said in the song. Man, you Are know Britney sure? Spears. I feel uh, I feel bad because she really was like you know she's she was 
the the poster child for like if you wanted to complain about what was wrong with like this modern culture it was britney spears even though you know she's real if you watch her stuff it's like it's not like it's not even all that hyper sexualized no it's not it was like racy but like nothing like that bad plus i mean i'm gonna say it her music kind of slaps i mean it's actually pretty catchy stuff but like she became that thing and now even even all these years later i think if you're gonna like make a, a character in in your story who's like you know like oh like a dumb teeny bopper sort of person who represents what's wrong with music and modern culture uh name her britney and it's like oh because it's we're referencing britney spears i don't know who yeah, the, kinda... yeah i don't i don't know who is at the actual teeny bopper out there right now is it demi lovato or something i don't know I, but like it's demi lovato a singer i thought she was an actress I, oh I don't maybe know. <laughs> i don't know one from another i mean as far as i'm concerned they might as well all be from korea yeah let's yell at some clouds <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah oh man no i'm britney korea <laughs> <laughs> okay nice all right so 14 uh, 14 14 yeah okay on the 14th day of christmas my true love gave to me why the bears dance on christmas eve oh, you're, you're just making these up at this point <laughs> This what? is I'm gonna I'm gonna have to share the website with this of this one for you with you because I know you've never heard of this one because I've never heard of this one. Where the I'm sorry, where the bears dance or why? Why the bears, the bears dance? Why um, the bears dance on Christmas Eve? Okay, I, uh, why the bears dance? Because they heard a fat tune they got a bug out to. I don't know. What the, okay, You're Britney Spears. <laughs> what? Why the bears dance on Christmas Eve? Okay. Um, I'm just going to assume, I'm, I'm just going to, just, just going to throw it out there. This is going to be the bears all want to, I'll hibernate on Christmas, but one bear is like, I want to see what's actually happening on Christmas. So he goes out and he sees like Santa doing his thing, probably like having some sort of, uh, you know, has to rescue Santa. And at the end they have this big party to celebrate having rescued Santa. And he goes back and shows all the bears. This is how we do it on Christmas Eve. That's my prediction for what this special is. <laughs> you would, I mean, I I think you will be very, very pleased with what actually happens on this special. What happens? Uh, the, okay, so it's a story about why bears dance on Christmas Eve. I think we've established that. Mm-hmm. But the reason that bears dance on Christmas Eve is because there was a certain bear long ago who was, uh, who... While leaving from a Christmas party, he falls down a pit into the lair of the evil Snurfs. And the now that's that I know what you're thinking, and no, it's Snurfs with an N. And the Snurfs are these very 70s style because this is 1975, very 70s style um, ecological fable monsters. Like there's a living flame that causes wildfires and there's an evil melted marshmallow that plucks garbage out of thin air and throws it around to litter. And there's a, a pine cone who is water pollution. And it's, um, yeah, he's, he found basically like the planeteers, but for pollution. So looking at the, uh, the stills from this, uh, I feel like this is, this looks like it was made by the people who made that Hungarian, uh, cartoon, um, you know, the Elm Chanted Forest. 
Oh, oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say Hugo the Hippo, but no. Oh, no, not not that cracked out. Um, <laughs> uh, Elm Enchanted Forest was slightly less cracked out about a, an enchanted forest. It's uh, got a, it's about a painter who paints things in the forest, so the evil Cactus King doesn't like him and tries to get rid of him. There is a supposedly very sexy fox girl in it, except that she is not because she's animated like three frames per minute and <laughs> there's a scene where the painter falls into an underground cavern where he meets michael j mushroom who is a, uh, a yes um so which which first of all from the name you would think is a michael j fox thing doesn't really make sense mushroom fox but okay um but he's not he is apparently a michael jackson uh, parody by which i mean it is a uh it is a mushroom drawn as european people used to draw black people in the 70s ooh, oh, so ooh, so ooh. yeah and it's like uh, yeah and he just has this long song has nothing to do with anything about how he is michael j mushroom and uh anyway the the animation looks very similar to this why bears dance on christmas eve thing <laughs> I I I don't know this white bears dance thing, but I really associate I really associate with that uh, Sesame Street sketch about why bears smile, and it's why do they which smile? It, uh, because someone gave them a rose because they remember to cover their nose when they sneeze. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Sure. <laughs> why not? What? Why not? <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, you're you're positing that bears just smile, so I, I, mean, I guess if there if there's if you're starting with something that's demonstrably not true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Why praying mantises sing disco? What, what were we supposed to learn from this? I mean, was this uh, supposed to be educational in some way? Or? Uh, uh, the the why the bears dance on christmas eve not really it's more just about i mean there's a little bit of a don't be a litter bug message but because uh, yeah the snurfs want to stop santa's sleigh so they uh so they dance the snurfs to death so oh okay it, yeah the the bear the bear who found them dances until they laugh themselves silly oh so it's basically like the end of roger rabbit Yes, it's exactly like the end of Roger Rabbit. They and they they all defeat them in uh, distinct in distinctly elemental ways, where they extinguish the fire guy, they stuff the trash guy in the trash can, and they blow the energy waster so full of energy he explodes. Oh, so, oh, oh, very yeah. sexy. While a I think a groundhog is sitting in his in his mouth. That's really weird. No, but, all right, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess energy comes from groundhogs. I don't know. But and okay. those uh, so Grandpa Bear tells us those snurfs are always trying to come back. If we're not careful, those snurfs can get strong again and stop Santa's sleigh for good. So never throw a rapper on the ground. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, I, can, I can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good moral for the kids. Is it? Well, I, mean, I, I guess I, it is. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, right. I mean, I mean, it's 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 more okay for you to throw a gum wrapper on the ground than it is for you to lose a fishing net in the ocean, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, it's more yeah. like, uh, of course, it's on individual individual action isn't really what's going to stop yeah. save the day, but whatever, yeah. whatever. 
All right, so um, why the bears dance on Christmas? Uh, having never seen it, I'm still gonna give it a two. Yeah, that sounds about right. It, it just I'm sounds gonna, bad. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to dig it up and see if it's uh, lumpkin level and inflicted on our friends. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, we're at we're at 15 now, and it's one in the morning. Do you want to pause and uh, do the other half later? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, that sounds good. Huh. Okay. Let me. Okay. Yeah,